One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Well, that old queen. A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Hi Tommy. Hi. How you doing? I'm in my I'm in my flat with my new best friend. Oh yeah, He's who's your new a, best friend? Well, I'm calling him Danny. Partly related <laughs> to our new what that really old queen. Right. But he's a fly and he's decided to join me in my social isolation. <laughs> a fruit fly. Yeah, it's a fruit fly. <laughs> Uh, so, in stark contrast to wanting to get rid of the pest, it's now your friend. I know. I'm like, bring it on. Who else wants to come in? <laughs> what kind of scintillating conversations have you had with Danny the fly? Well, I haven't actually learnt fly language yet, uh, um, but I'm planning on doing it tomorrow. Um, it's on my list of things to do. But there's a lot of buzzing and buzzing. I think there's an Udemy course for it, isn't there? Probably. Yeah. We're all doing Udemy courses. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I can imagine. Okay. I Before this all started, I ordered a, a, a BSL course, and I, I didn't manage to do it, but my time has run out, but maybe they would refresh it for me. Yeah. What What's a BSL course? British Sign Language. Oh, yeah. That would be a great thing to learn. Yeah, because you could do it from a distance. And people would still understand you. Yeah. You could sign our uh, podcast. I mean, just give me, just give me a couple of days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you seen the... So on the, um, like, Downing Street briefings on BBC mm. News, they have people doing the signing. And I, what I love about signers is the facial expressions that they pull while they're signing mm. just to, uh, obviously is there to convey meaning um, they're so yeah it's so expressive i haven't been watching much of those on tv but um but i did watch the one big announcement yeah on my new tv that you dropped down before the lockdown dropped down before lockdown <laughs> did mm. you drop anything else yeah. down before lockdown well that would be telling <laughs> it would be telling <laughs> so what have we got coming up in today's show got what that really old queen who's yeah. our what that really old queen this week so um so this week it's danny larue danny the street oh i love danny larue um so i've i've, I've watched um a documentary on danny and i've got his autobiography and hopefully we're going to have a phone in caller from um, a friend of mine who used to make Danny sandwiches. If the technology <laughs> that, I, I, I definitely want to know what Danny's favourite filling was. I think we all do. I think it's the question <laughs> on everybody's lips. <laughs> uh, what was on Danny's lips? <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> Maybe. Something creamy. 
lipstick usually uh so we've also got some more solo kink stuff in kinky blinks as we've got a guest i haven't really done anything for snack out of it this week but maybe we'll do a big one next week and i've i've got questions in uh queens of agony i can tell you about my sourdough adventure okay Uh, i just said i can tell you about my sourdough adventure sourdough adventure okay yeah but i will i'll be up for that yeah we'll do that after the break so do you, what, should we talk about Danny LaRue? He's actually one of my favourites. I think he, w- when I was a kid, he was the first person or it was my first kind of experience of drag, even though he didn't like to be called a drag artist. He was a female mm. impersonator. But I, I, I was so young at the time, I didn't really understand. I thought he was brother and sister with himself. But then when I found out what he did, I, I used to like dressing up in ladies' clothes and things like that. So in my primary school, on Friday afternoons, there was a dressing up box with a sequin dress. And every Friday afternoon, I would put the sequin dress on. And if anybody else had it on, I'd be like, get my dress off. That's mine. And I think it was all down to Danny Nauru. <laughs> I know, I think I need mm. one now. I might, I might go on eBay later, see if I can get a sequins dress. I've um, actually been looking at all games on eBay. Just, have you? Just for when... Yeah, just for when we can all go back to a party again, because I just want to be fat, like totally fabulous. Yeah, I think we're all going to be totally fabulous. I mean, yeah. after this lockdown, I never want to stay in ever again. Exactly. Someone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put on Facebook the other day, oh my God, I've woken up with symptoms of being fabulous. <laughs> I mean, I but I literally, I'm never staying in ever again. In fact, I'm probably going to sell my house and live in a party constantly, from one party to the next. Yeah. Anyway, let's we digress. Yeah, let's get on to Danny. Yeah. So, um, Danny Larue was born in Ireland. Don't know the date. Um, as I say, I'm never knowingly well researched. <laughs> um, but quickly moved to Soho from a very young age. And what I really like about imagining a young Danny is like thinking of him looking out of his bedroom window and seeing all the West End theatres and then imagining, oh, one day I might star in one of those, you know, be in one of those theatres. And that's exactly what happened. So during the war, when war broke out, he moved to Exeter and became a window dresser and then joined the Navy um, and came back after the war, got involved in the sort of London nightclub scene. The kind of, all of the stars really, I suppose, were involved in some of Danny's shows like Barbara Windsor and um, little Ronnie Corbett and people like that. And you've got to bear in mind when you think about Danny LaRue at this time, it was still illegal to be gay in this country. So his life was very, he was very guarded about his private life. His partner was his manager. He would sort of allude to the fact that he was having affairs with, you know, some of the women in the chorus line, that kind of thing. And he made a distinctive effort always to come out at the end of a show as a man. Mm. So that it was always, like you were saying, he was always a female impersonator, if you'd like. And all of the, everyone who was anyone used to come to those shows. Like, he, apparently he was a really good friend of Princess Margaret, who I'm a massive fan of. Uh, there's this story about, you know, Princess Margaret, obviously we all know, used to drink a hell of a lot. And he said to her at this party, I think you need to stop drinking. And she slapped him around the face. And then he left uh, this party. And But she, uh, she famously never apologised to anyone, but she came back to his nightclub a couple of weeks later and she said... Hello, Danny. Am I forgiven? Which I quite like that story. <laughs> Was, uh, wasn't it that he went back in after being thrown out and slapped her around the face and said, never speak to me like that ever again? <laughs> that was it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they yeah. didn't speak for weeks and then, yeah, then she apologised to him and said, am I forgiven? Well, she, she was obviously thinking, I can't bear not to be able to go to that club anymore. So she um, had to make amends. Well, it was the place to be, wasn't it? Um, um, yeah. But then sort of TV came a calling and that's probably how a lot of like a lot of us over 40s remember him really from being 
you know, a kind of main mainstay of like British TV, most quite sort of respectable and kind of like very much um, euphemisms and nothing too filthy. Yeah. Um, really popular with sort of older, the older women really. And so it was never like it was never lewd, but it alluded to it. Yeah. Well, it was all innuendos, uh, wasn't it? Which was which yeah. was kind of the comedy of that era. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then sort of probably at around the age of 50, he decides to retire and put his money all into um, property they, and bought this massive hall, Walton Hall, I think somewhere up north. And he was about to pull out and then he got two Canadian investors who turned out to be con men. And he lost all of his money had nothing and so he decided to go back onto the stage and this is sort of the second part of his life really in his career where he was just doing the rounds really going to all sorts of really quite small venues and just touring the shows and just carrying on as normal really and traveled with like his one sort of assistant who did all the costumes but also drove the van. And, and didn't she end up looking after him after he had a stroke? Yeah, and a bit of a carer for her. Maybe Matthew knows a bit more about Do you want to join him? Yeah, so we've got... A, yeah, we've well, got... Um, I, I don't know much about the later bit of his life, but I almost went and saw him in... Because um, he moved out to Spain, didn't he, and had his club in Spain. Oh. Uh, was it in Benidorm? But yeah, that, that, that was the that was that was sort of, I, I I I knew Danny sort of like in sort of the mid nineties, okay. so I didn't really know him, but I made his sandwiches. So, <laughs> so welcome to the show, Matthew Oldham. Um, <laughs> he's just kind of popped up. Uh, did did you used to make Danny Larue's sandwiches? Yeah, um, well, um, I'm from Southampton, and I was uh, I was the chef at um, the Solent Suite in the Southampton Guildhall. And every Monday, first Monday of the month, we put on a free show for like all the old folk that in Southampton. And as part of it, you know, you'd have the dressing room um, for changing everything. I, I would be uh, honoured to be, uh, get my making him his sandwiches to Aww. really meet him a couple of times. But he used to live down the road from me, so we used to use the same cake shop. So I used to see him at the cake shop quite a bit as well. <laughs> so so I, I, know, I know Matthew from doing some of my queer nights in Bristol, uh, Beacons, Icons and Dicons, and Matthew's been my DJ, which your DJ name is Let's Have a Knees Up Motherfucker, isn't it? <laughs> knees Up, Knees Up Motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so I was, I was completely sold on the good old days when I was a kid. That was like catnip to me. That was just so... Work like being able to make Danny his sandwiches was just like amazing. You what know, was Danny's was... favourite filling? Um, well, he just had a basically broad range of low end sandwiches. So you know, the egg, the cheese, the salad. The funny thing is, we used to get all the bands in, so we had an Oasis in the next week as the time I was there. And like Oasis had the you know like the cheese and pickle with that, and Blair had hummus. <laughs> and it was like virtually unheard. Of. Like this was mid nineties Southampton. It was just unheard of. Where but, yeah, just pop up all around Southampton. Like the first nightclub I could ever get into, I was eighteen. All the nightclubs in Southampton was horrible. So we used to go to the gay club, the Magnum. First time I got in downstairs was Danny Larue and Christopher Biggins having a pint at the bar. Well, having champagne at the bar. Amazing. So I just, I just actually thought that all nightclubs should be like this, sort of from a very early age. So like it was, he used to own a big pub in Southampton, the Cowards, at one right. point, which is like a massive football pub where you know Southampton fans would go and watch football and stuff and big fights and stuff like that and it was just his pub he, he had like a real rough pub on the common you know he, he spanned both worlds of Southampton he was just like just the normal you know what I mean just hung around in Southampton I bet <laughs> I, it's weird, I think. you mentioned the good old days I mean I love I think that was one of the, the one of the first times I must have seen Danny was on the good old days on TV first time round they recently repeated yeah. those and they have yeah. the they have the ugliest audience. Like, literally, no one has any makeup on. <laughs> I mean, everyone looked really scary in the 70s. It much more glittering than what it is. And I just imagine it, it was all, like, fantastic period costumes. When you look in, they've all made their own costumes, haven't they? Pretty all... much, yeah. I mean, and it's scary that no one looks... I mean, no one had any kind of, like, personal preening or whatever. 
<laughs> like everyone is hairy and no makeup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor old Roy Hardy died out last week, didn't he? So yeah. yeah good. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was he was massively influential about you know all of those beautiful old sort of musical stars really. Yeah, uh, and and Danny, there's a story about Roy Hub, isn't there? Where Danny the Roy Hub was on his uppers, and Danny Larue kind of was massive back then. I mean, it's a real riches to rags story, Danny Larue, because she she was like the biggest thing ever. Roy Hub was on his uppers, and and actually brought him on tour with with her and and like gave him the same billing mm-hmm. yeah it was just, yeah so very apparently he was very generous as well to a he fault was, yeah he'd done a free show every month the month for the old people in Southampton. like the head chef used to come along and bring his 10 year old everyone was welcome it was just fantastic it come out at, at, you know fully dressed up and then like you say at the end come back on immaculately dressed up in his suit and all that, and then just finish up. It, it was just, it was just an amazing thing to do. And it's a big old place, the Southampton Guildhall. I bet. So it, it was just free. It was really good. So, uh, Matthew, you do. You, you're an artist in your own right, aren't you? Oh yeah. You haven't just what you haven't just been signing out on the Danny Larue stories for the your entire. <laughs> no. I, 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 I tend to though. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do uh there's you've got a project called radio silence i i hear oh yeah yeah so um I'm, I make, I'm a musician but i make computer programs that make music so it's all sort of generative you know people have been trying for two thousand years and best they can come up with is <laughs> one direction so you know let the machines have a go so what, one of the projects i've got on there at the moment is um it listens to radio four live and it just takes out the silences so it's sort of like a gate so if the volume drops below a certain level it records that off and it sticks all those together and just plays them as a big long track so <laughs> sort of like it's got about a minute so what you do um what's it on it's on jungleator tv um mm. it's called radio four silence radio silence four around that way okay. yeah it just plays the silences off of radio four continually so and you just get this lovely Oh, Arches is really good. Arches is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant sound. When they're in the milking shed, you just get the cows in the background. It's really good. What um, I want to know is, is there more radio silence now in this current situation? Because I feel like the broadcasting is just becoming a little bit more DIY because obviously there's probably less people in the studio and stuff. And so there feels like everyone's a bit like, what, what's going on next and and they're also like trying to broadcast to people that are at home on you know socially isolating on the phone do you think that do you think it's is your work in response to that in, in, in any way i wouldn't say it's in the response to that but it's an interesting idea and i i, I can actually check I, i'll do i'll do a filter from now on to check how much silence it records off but it originally came from um, this artist that I met years ago called Matt Relatsky. He gave me my big first break. He gave me a gig in Cambridge and stuff. And he made this fantastic piece because there's actual piece of equipment for radio. It's used for live talk radio. And it works in the same way. What it does is if someone talks like this, it cuts out the silences and moves the words closer together so you can have more time for adverts sort of thing. Because it's actually... Like the product that's already out there. I think but we I, might need I that for like this podcast. Yeah. I could do with that filter myself because I feel like <laughs> it's really slowly. <laughs> well, again, I could do with the silence one. <laughs> you have both options. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been making um I've been making one recently. I I showed it to David Hopkinson, the other the artist from the Cube, um, mm. the other day, and he suggested that maybe I should do it with films. So I've started taking, um, it's really good with Shakespearean acting. I it bet. just takes out the words and you can see the acting in their faces. I, I tried um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf the other day mm. and it worked really good. Uh, yeah, Liz is great in it. When you take out Liz Taylor's words, it, the, the facial expressions that she just comes up with in the film, it completely unlocks another dimension of the film. Mm. <laughs> I totally want to You're see that. Oh, I've got a copy up on my website. Check, check out MatthewAlden.co.uk 
and look under generative and they're called Rogatsky videos. They're up on that. Okay. Well, we'll put a link in the description of this podcast to that as well. So our listeners can have a listen in, but thank you, uh, Matthew, for joining us for this. Oh, no uh, worries. Pleasure. And I'm- it's really nice. Like, cause with the feature, what that really old queen, I've gone for, well, the past two, I've gone for really historical figures. And this time I've gone a bit present day in living memory. And it's so nice to actually have someone that was there and and actually made the sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, it, like I say, he was a lovely bloke. He was just very, very friendly to everyone. He was a solid gold bloke, you know what I mean? And like everyone knew him. In fact, well, last story about him as I leave you, when he died, as a mark of respect, Southampton City Council wanted to rename the avenue Danny LaRue Boulevard. Danny the Street Street. <laughs> <laughs> no one saw it. Like, they did it in the end, but it was, it was mooted. And I, I would yeah. have voted for that. I would have voted for that as well. I want to live on that street. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna play out um, Danny LaRue singing the Marrow song as a little oh, tribute to to danny so but thanks for joining us uh matthew <laughs> so here's danny the rue and the marrow song down the road there lives a man i'd like you all to know he grew a great big marrow for the local flower show when the news got round of it they came from far and wide but when they saw the size of it everybody Yeah, that was Danny LaRue and the Marrow song. What I love about that song is that it's just um it's just got so much innuendo in it, which was really his kind of sense of humour, wasn't it? Really, yeah, big innuendo. Okay. Well let's move on. I wanna talk about um I wanna talk about a thing which I found in Pink News. Now I know we're all self isolating, so this doesn't really this doesn't affect us at the moment, but presumably at some point we will go back to interacting with each other. And I found this... Fingers int- crossed. <laughs> I mean, I bloody well hope so. Um, so I found this article because I've been trolling kind of social media and things like that. And I found an anonymous man described his uncon- unconventional sex life in The Guardian's weekly column, My Life in Sex. And basically he says... Uh, as a gay man he prefers to have sex with straight men because they don't want romance Um, there's no risk of romance or commitment there have always been men who have sex with other men but don't consider themselves gay or even bisexual I should know I've been sleeping with them since my school days I prefer sex with straight men because they don't want romance with gay men 
there's always a possibility that they could get the wrong end of the stick and want something more. He explained that he was in an open marriage with another man and so was not interested in falling in love, but added that by using dating apps and the internet, the discreet anonymous encounters were incredibly easy. He said there's little or nothing in the way of guilt. I've even encountered straight men who have male-on-male playmates with their wives' blessing. I was initially sceptical, but this arrangement seems to work out for everyone. The wife knows she has no competition from another woman. The husband knows he does not want a life with another man. It's the definition of no strings attached. And he said he's met straight men who wanted to have threesomes with him and his husband and added that although he preferred one-on-one hookups, Watching his husband spend a couple of hours with another man can be huge fun. Um, He said the arrangement works for him and his husband. There have been difficult experiences where the straight men turned out to be not so straight. So presumably they want a little bit more than just a bit of a roll in the hay. But, uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, it strikes a chord with me, really, because I I do know a lot of straight men and have had relationships with them in different ways over the years. Actually, this lockdown period has brought in like different feelings, I think, for them because they, I I got like a lovely sort of email from this guy that I've been seeing who's straight um, and I've been seeing him for many years and Mm. and it's full of conflicted emotions. Right. I mean, when they're saying they're straight, I think everybody is on a bit of a spectrum, aren't they, in terms of straight and bisexuality. So I guess you are labelled how you want to define yourself. But it's not technically straight, is it? No, I, I, but he, but he or people like like him might say that that he has been attracted to the person rather than the gender. Right. Okay. And so you've so you you've actively had kind of relationships with straight men. Well, you know, encounters. Yeah, but sort of probably more than encounters, but but there, but it's definitely uh, rooted in a physical um, outlet shall we say yeah um and it seems like there's oh it just feels very confusing in that way at the moment for me Mm. with a particular guy actually right because i don't know how i'm i I don't know i think that this situation that we're in has polarized different aspects it's stressful (laughs) 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 like to read this email that's so been so fought through i think the thing is is that this whole situation which is going on at the moment is is making us all think about our lives and and what life's going to be like after this Mm. uh because i think it has kind of i think it will change forever um how we see life and and how we how we live life and i think maybe people are thinking about uh, maybe things which they've been too scared to do or if they've been too scared to come out, or if they've been too scared to tell someone how they feel about about them. And because it, it feels like a little bit of an end-of-the-world scenario, all of those feelings are, are welling up inside us, mm. and we're, we're all thinking about those things and how we feel about people and whether we should tell them I, about that. I guess, I guess that's what's happening, really, because I've just been breezily carrying on with this, this sort of pseudo-weird relationship for... 15 years mm. and been quite happy with that but then maybe this person like is in lockdown and is like having a bit of a crisis in within their relationship yeah possibly because a lot of that stuff is repressed and if you if you don't have an outlet for it then you know that's you're going to think about it even more aren't you yeah it's interesting i think yeah. all, i think all of this is going to make us reflect and look at our lives and and make us think that if we get through this how do we want the world to be and how do we want our lives to be Mm. and who do we want to be with yeah anyway with that in mind before we go to the break i've got a couple of inspiring phrases this one's from martin luther king jr the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy which i think we can all think about as we're going through this and this one's by uh stephen covey and it's i'm not a product of my circumstances i'm a product of my decisions okay well with that in mind think on that look sharp tommy we'll have a break i will 
<laughs> so we'll be back after this. So we're back, and um, snack out of it. You've got a, a little um, recipe to share, which you had for your lunch today, didn't you, Tommy? Yeah, so I, like literally an hour before total lockdown came, my friends dropped around the the mother of, you know, the sourdough, I don't know what you call it, culture, um, in a jar, and you feed this, um, sourdough and then a couple of days later you can make a sourdough loaf so you uh, uh, each day you either discard half or put that half into making a loaf of bread so it's literally like sourdough like the sourdough mother bread and water um, it was quite a messy and tricky process but I did manage to um, make a loaf this morning and then I had baked beans on toast and she, with the cheese topping. Um, and it was a flatbread, like it didn't rise to the, to how I would have liked it to have done, but it was still, it wasn't wet, or, like it was, it was nice. So how do you make it? Um, what, what do you put in it? So literally you just put salt, flour and and like half a jam jar of the mother sourdough. Okay, and do, do you add any kind of baking uh, powder to no, that? No, no, you don't use any baking powder or yeast or anything. Oh wow! Because I presume that the, the the mother has originally come from some fermented source, be it yeast or I don't know what. Yeah. So that that's going to enable it to rise. But now it? that I've got that mother, yeah. Yeah, now that I've got that mother, that will that will continue to grow and grow. And all I need to make sure is that I've got enough flour to make bread every couple of days. Oh, amazing. Uh, and how are the shops? Have they got flour? Um, my local shop has got flour. Yeah, that's where I've got it. But the supermarkets don't tend to have it. No, I think that's the thing. The local shops seem to have more produce left over than than the actual yeah. um, supermarkets at the moment. Um, yeah. Although I think I spoke to a, a s small shop owner um, the other day and he was saying that the actual wholesalers are running out of stuff. So hopefully those um, kind of supply lines will start running again and um, we can get the food to everyone in the shops. What What else have you been yeah, doing? Yeah, I think that you... Just need to be canny about where you go. You just need to be canny about where you go, so that like so, like some supermarkets right in the centre of town, they seem to be actually quite empty. But the bigger supermarkets seem to like have less. Yeah, but the smaller kind of local shops seem to have enough. Yeah, yeah. What else have you been doing? How have you been keeping fit? Um, so I have been out for my daily. Um, exercise I've been out running or cycling or I have done last night I did an online yoga class with my friend um, Emma and she does a queer yoga class and she's doing that um, via zoom every Thursday night oh that's good that quite nice yeah. yeah there's I've I've started doing yoga there's yeah. lots of kind of online resources for yoga um, there's one called man flow yoga where the guys are ridiculously hot and slightly distracting. But if you can't do all the stretches, they're quite nice to look at while you're waiting to move to, move on to the next one. And is that a free thing? Um, there's some free uh, videos on YouTube. And I think they've also put a free area on their website, which I'll also put a link into the in the description of the podcast. Um, but you can also you can also pay for it if you want to. But I think a lot of these these places where you can do it remotely and do it at home are kind of 
you know cashing in a little bit on on people having to stay at home and, and wanting to be healthy still and fit um and i think it's important to get those exercises mm. in with the absence of the gym yeah. but i wonder if more people do more exercise because that's the only thing that we can we are allowed to do well yeah i'm i'm kind of treating this little period as almost like a health retreat mm. so you know get healthy get fit while i can maybe not drink so much but that's not going so well yeah. tonight during the recording <laughs> yeah i'm doing less well we <laughs> had another case of wine delivered today lovely okay i need to get on that um <laughs> so my my wine uh kind of bank doesn't deplete too much um so uh, can i go back for um kinky blink and um we're going to go back to uh the article that we started last episode about having some solo fun how, how have how have you been um you know this is our other favorite pastime as gay men <laughs> the sex the sex side how have you been coping with that i find it quite hard you know because i do enjoy that side of life um but I have been finding outlets for it, telephone sex um, being, well, the only option, really. But that's been enjoyable. There was a, a fella that I used to know years ago who was very good at telephone sex. And so um, we lost contact probably about three years ago. I can't remember, really. But with this lockdown, I decided to send him a message to see how he was and... And the floodgates have opened. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I've kind of had message sex and maybe a few videos being exchanged and things like that. So that that's kind of keeping me going. Um, but also this solo fun. So this so the next kind of couple of headlines uh, for Kinky Blink is improvisation. So once you've developed a taste for the for creative masturbation, you might want to start incorporating items from around your home into your play. One idea that just needs string and clothes pegs is the clothesline game, which I presume is that you kind of try on different clothes. I don't know. Uh, and another is to fetch some of uh, some ice oh, cubes okay. and tease your sensitive places with ice ice cubes. Or if you have a sturdy oh, pole. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, that, that might mix it up a little bit. Or if you have a sturdy pole, like a mop or a broom handle, <laughs> you can try the straddle game. This offers an opportunity for more meditative experience rather than just chasing a climax. Just let yourself balance on the pole and close your eyes and become aware of your breathing and feel the sensations across your body, your weight pressing into the pole, balancing and savouring and developing erotic sensation. Where is the pole? Is it up your bum? Well, I well, I think if you're straddling it, it's kind of in your erogenous area, isn't it? It's in the kind of genital, anal area. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what, can I interrupt you and say, like, wouldn't it be horrific to have, I don't know, some kind of incident where a pole goes too far up and you're being rushed <laughs> casualty in this climate? Yeah. Where where the NHS being stretched already and then you come in with a broom handle up your bum. I don't think putting a broom handle up your bum is what they're suggesting. I think it's it's more about... Uh, it's not the end. I think it's like the actual pole bit. So it's not going in you. It's just kind of rubbing against you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise putting a broom handle up your bottom. Performing, performance artists have been doing that for years, sticking <laughs> broom handles up their bum. And many other things. Like cheese sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> anyway, role play. You probably already have favourite erotic fantasies you like to imagine when you play. But if one of these scenarios was really to happen, what would you wear for it? What could you do to improvise from your current wardrobe? Would it be a school uniform, a shirt, a tie, skirt or trousers? Perhaps something a maid might wear? or bedtime attire, pyjamas, or a nightgown, or maybe it's by the pool and you'll be in your swimwear, or in the changing room in your gym, 
or at a ballet class in a leotard or perhaps you might imagine an encounter with your lover so you dress seductively in an evening dress or evening evening suit with your most provocative uh, underwear underneath or maybe you prefer the garments of a slave or a simple sheet folded wrapped and tied around your waist i guess you know, it could be kind of greek you know like a toga I've party i've done that yeah so you know you could get a little bit creative like with your elaborate wank and um dress up for it yeah i had a whole um performance that i did for the national trust that was like illuminating um this beautiful mural that was in one of the national trust houses and the kind of main narrative on the wall was um the achilles story where achilles um dresses up as a woman and goes into hiding in the island of Skyros um, so that he can avoid the Trojan War and then he comes and then people try and find him so because the war is kicking off um, and then and then I got this beautiful boy to dress up as Achilles and I became Patroclus who was Achilles rumoured to be gay lover or gay lover Yeah. and so I've already got the costumes in basically that's what I'm saying amazing well, I'm sure we've got lots of stuff we can dress up as, you know. I have. Yeah. It's endless. You know, and if, you, if you're into a little bit of kink and you've got, you know, like a harness or something or some jocks you can wear, you know, why not Why not do it for your own pleasure uh, and not just for uh, other people's? But, of, uh, of course, if you're having kind of video sex or, you know, sending video messages, you could dress up for that as well. How are you finding sort of, you know, being groomed and you know haircut shaving trimming or you know whatever you like to do to make yourself feel like Bernie mm. how are you finding that in this situation where you you don't necessarily have to see so many people well I'm still doing it for me I always I always do it for me I don't necessarily do it for other people so I'm still mm. keeping myself together um I, I had luckily I had a haircut before we had lockdown so it should be all right mm. for a few weeks, but I might look like a Neanderthal by the end of this. <laughs> but yeah, I've got I've got clippers, so I can kind of groom my beard if necessary. How about you? Um, well, with my hair, I just you know I've grown it long and I just tie it back, so that can just continue really. Um, I've set up a group on on Facebook, which is this a morning assembly. So people check in with each other in the mornings, and someone leads the group into a kind of group exercise. It could be like a dance or a singing thing, or watch someone do a performance. It could be anything really. Um, and the whole purpose of that really is that everyone is together at nine o'clock, washed and dressed and ready to go. And I just find that really useful because. Otherwise, I probably would stay in my pyjamas. Yeah. Leave my teeth. So I have been doing that. I've not been shaving as often as I do, but I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, I don't mind that. <laughs> uh, I'm never clean shaven. So, but may- maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start to be clean shaven for this, for this period. <laughs> anyway, should we do some Queens of Agony? Yes, please. Oh, before we do, I'm just going to go back to um, Queens of Corona for a bit. And um, I enjoyed a tweet from Sasha Coward the other day, who's doing Museum from Home. So Mm. uh, whilst we're self-isolating, some of us museum weirdos have decided to make quick videos about our favourite museum artefacts. So if you can't go to a museum, let's bring the museum to you. I'll put a link to uh, to one that he did. And he did uh, one about a ghost ship in under 60 seconds, which was quite cute. You know Sasha, don't you? We know each other through emails because we've been involved in projects together. But um, yeah, so I'm, maybe- I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a museum buff myself. So we're and queer museums are yeah we're, we're interested in the same things great so maybe we, maybe we'll try and get him on the the show and we're, we're trying to get museum bums on as well yeah so that would be good anyway um queens of agony dear old queens 
I want my first sex toy. What are some good household items that I can use as a makeshift dildo? I'm too anxious at the moment to get my own off the internet, uh, nor do I have the money. But I want to feel (laughs) something stimulating my prostrate. I'm not saying the word which he put here as I jerk off. Any suggestions are welcomed. Oh, I mean, I don't see a problem with ordering stuff off the internet. Do you? I mean, you ordered a dildo, didn't you? How's that going? Um, it, I'm I'm enjoying it, but I um, it's not the same. I would say, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it, but it's not the same. Yeah. So, what kind of household items do you think they could use? I'm um, sort of scouring, I'm scouring my flat for inspiration now, as we speak. Uh, my eyes settled on a pepper pot. Again. But you'd have to make sure that it was secure. Uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not sure putting a pepper pot up your bottom. Maybe a carrot. I knew, I knew someone that used to like using carrots and they used to warm them up to body temperature in the microwave before mm. before using them. Um, and if you wanted to make a carrot cake up, you know, after, you could... <laughs> <laughs> reuse recycle mm. <laughs> anal I'm carrot watching. cake <laughs> we're supposed to be washing all our food now anyway so well yeah precisely in the, like in the in a min, in the middle period yeah <laughs> <laughs> what other things you get a courgette a stick of cucumber mm. um or you know just your finger you know aubergine is a symbol of a penis. Yeah. An aubergine emoji is a symbol of a penis. But would you put an aubergine up there? Because I feel like it's too big. Well, personally, for me, it's too big. But um, I'm sure there's other people out there that have worked their way up to bigger things going into their oh, yeah. derriere. Yeah. We're in here for the long journey, aren't we? Mm. So maybe start small and work up to the aubergine. Sure. I've got a butternut in my fridge, just that's, saying. That's massively big, but I know someone who might like that. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next question. Dear old queens, I'm sure it probably, it may be me, but is it common to literally become what you're attracted to? For a while, I liked guys with moustaches, so I got a moustache. For a while, I've been loving guys with bald heads. Now I'm planning to shave my head. Is there like a psychological reason for this? Or is it as simple as me liking a look then getting it for myself? Probably the latter. What do you think? Yeah, I've never really understood that, although I see it happening around me all the time. Um, I usually go for people that look very different to me. The colour of their hair or skin, the size of them always feels like quite attractive to me because maybe I feel curious about what it might feel like to be in that body. Right. Um, so I, it doesn't resonate for me, although I know that it, 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 I see it happening around me. Isn't it like, uh, as homosexuals, isn't our very nature to like the same thing? So perhaps you're liking people that look I mean it it feels a little bit narcissistic but liking people that look similar to you or wanting to to emulate the people that you fancy is quite a normal thing I think it's very normal yeah I just I don't experience I don't experience it for myself have you experienced that yeah I mean I think before I had a beard I always fancied guys with beards and then uh, I decided to grow a beard so um, I mean, I couldn't have a beard for kind of uh, career reasons because I was doing, because I was acting and, and presenting and having a beard wasn't like the thing. But because I do mainly voice work these days, it doesn't really matter. So what my facial hair is doing doesn't matter as much as it did before. But I've always fancied people who with, with a bit of facial furniture. I love a moustache. Well, we heard it here first. But I also like people that don't have facial furniture so yeah i think you you know i guess i think it maybe it's part of your development as a as a sexual being that you 
you explore different things and you just explore different looks and you find what's comfortable for you, whether you fancy someone else who looks similar to you or not. I can't really think of people, I can't really think of anyone that looks like me. No, you're pretty unique, I have to say, Tommy, in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shall we move on? This is quite a long one. This is a long letter for you. I like a long letter. You do like a long letter. Okay. Dear old queens, I'm uncomfortable with my boyfriend holding me. I've been dating my boyfriend for nearly a year and I'm pretty happy with the relationship, except there's this one thing that kind of bugs me. When we're just lying in bed or relaxing on the couch or whatever, he often wants to hold me, like he'll wrap his arms around me, play with my hair. The works. He prefers being a big spoon and cuddling and to top when we have sex. And overall, more of a dominating presence altogether. But it makes me feel a bit like the girl in the relationship when he does this. I've expressed this to him. And he says he doesn't think of me of less of a man in the relationship. But if I don't want to cuddle, he'd respect that. Though I can tell that he's sad about it. I admit it feels good when he holds me. He's taller and stronger than me. And having his arms tight around me is such a secure feeling, but I'm also embarrassed by it. What should I do? I just um, nipped off to stew my hot pot in that long letter. <laughs> um, but I got the gist. I don't know. I think this is a little bit sad. I, I think we all need a cuddle right now, don't we? I think if you're, if you're with your partner... I don't, I don't really like the tone of it. I think that he's sort of feeling like he's he's anxious about being feminized and i don't think that's I, I really think that he needs to drop that because it's just like it's boring and shit yeah um like reading between the lines i feel like he is happy in that relationship yeah but he 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 feels sort of it seems like he feels disempowered in some way yeah and and i just he needs to get over that and and if he if it's if it's part of a wider problem then okay let's like talk about that but if we're just focusing on on this issue i don't i think that he he should be with this person and enjoy the the touching and the spooning as is requested and desired yeah i think those gender norms are a kind of getting in the way of 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 him enjoying that relationship it it doesn't mean that you're any less of a man if if you're effeminate or you're a bottom or any of those things and i th- i think there's obviously some psychological aspect where he's not really accepting himself for what he is uh and what he likes to do i agree uh and i think i think he definitely needs to get over that and and I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but you need to start loving yourself for who you are and what you like uh, and what you like to do and um, not worry about... I mean, who who else is seeing this? If this is going on in the privacy of your own home, who's seeing this? What? Who are you worried about thinking that you're uh, less of a man? I hate those kind of... I mean, it's a typical straight thing to say is like, who, who's the who's the girl in the relationship? or who's the masculine one and it's just like none of that matters that's not how we have gay relationships yeah none of us care exactly we we don't none of us care yeah i mean unless he's like a frustrated dom top in which if if that's the case then maybe he's with the wrong partner or maybe he needs to be with a with a more he's not he's not saying that if you're saying you know i really to be this t- in this position he's just saying that yeah well we know what he's saying yeah i think he just needs to enjoy it for what it is and if he if he does love his boyfriend cuddling him then what's the issue i think it sounds nice you tell him that he could his boyfriend could cuddle me if he wants <laughs> his boyfriend could come and cuddle me if he wants mm. <laughs> i think we all need a cuddle uh, at this time socially isolating i'm hoping that we're giving you a big warm hug with um what that old queen uh every week do you want one more i did sort of feel yeah 
I was just going to say, I've got this body cream and some lavender oil, and I just gave myself a really nice little relaxing massage. And it just felt, because like nobody's touched me for a week or maybe longer, maybe two weeks now, mm. it just felt different. Like it felt, it felt different and it felt much appreciated. Like I could feel it in my body. Like I need, I needed to be touched. Yeah. I feel like the next time someone touched me, I might burst into tears because mm. it's going to, you know, to have that kind of inter intimacy and closeness. Even a hug is um, is what I'm craving right now. Mm, yeah. Let me see what I've got for us uh, for a final question. Dear old queens, I found that I'm having more decent conversations with guys on Grinder and Scruff since self-isolation started. I know not everyone is following self-isolation, but recently it seems like people are much more in the mood to chat because most are actually staying at home. I've been having really good conversations with guys now. Have you also noticed this? Well, I sort of, I, I kind of debated for a while whether to take myself off Grinder during this period because I thought that that might be appropriate, really, because I felt like being on there I was kind of encouraging people to like hook up for meets yeah and then I thought well actually it's just another way of like having people come in and communicate with your life and it could be flirty like I want it all like I want like highbrow conversations I want like sexy conversations I want like practical conversations I want I, like I want everything to come in to my world yeah so I'm not going stop that really and I don't have to stop it so um I really I really agree with this um I was gonna say caller what are they writer in writer in a writer in because I just feel like yeah I've noticed that too like most people a lot of people on Grinder have got their thing of like stay at home no meat at the moment or like that sort of thing and actually, I'm sort of curious to chat to people that I've never chatted before because they're there and they're like they're like my neighbour. But I feel like that's quite interesting, really. It's like there are people that I've talked to really close by, yeah, that I've not talked to before. I Have you got this thing called house party as well? That's, no. Well, that's another thing that people can log into and chat. Okay, is that another gay app? No, it's not gay, but it's just a normal kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've always liked just chatting to people on gay apps. So it's not just. I don't think it's just for sex. And what I will say is that if you're still meeting up for sex, that's still very risky because you know it's not just about whether you. A lot of people with coronavirus don't have any symptoms, and that could be you if you don't have any symptoms. So you might be passing it on to someone who might have a severe reaction to it. So. I, I would say don't do it um but having a chat and then prepping something for after when after this crisis is over why not you know I've always loved um so what I do on scruff occasionally is have a little international woofing session where I woof at people who are cute kind of thousands of miles away and uh, have a little conversation with them and I really enjoy doing that, and and you know, there's more there's more chances to have that happen during this period, and connect with different people, and maybe make some new friends. And that's that's what those apps are really good for right now, I think. And also, I think when people want a lot of casual sex, I think it's fulfilling something in their life which is empty. It's that need for connection. It's that need to talk to somebody else who perhaps shares a similar experience with you so just having a conversation with them is also good and fulfilling a need especially at this time you know mm. people like you or i who are living on our own i really mm. crave you know just even a message even if it's mm. a, you know uh, on messenger or whatsapp um and the those video connections um yeah we've we've had lots of video chats i've had video chats with other friends and and i think there was a uh, there was an interview this week with a psychologist and they were saying that having those face-to-face -face conversations are really important really important for your psychological well-being and that's why 
like I feel privileged that I have got all these people that I can connect with face to face that know how to work with technology that are like like that know that that they know exactly what they need because I think there are people that are vulnerable that they don't even they can't even articulate what they need yeah um, and that's the that's the really sad thing really yeah um, I feel fortunate to have that ability and and access i guess yeah i think a lot of i think we're all feeling isolated and i think the more that we can do to connect with 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 people it's just going to help people out and help each other with, out with grinder they've opened it up they, have, have they? like quite often they say oh you it's unlimited now because i don't pay on grinder so you, some sometimes you can go on and you can you can explore much further afield i think they did uh they did something usually, last weekend usually, didn't they <laughs> Yeah, and, and they seem to be to keep doing that every so often. Yeah, um, and Pornhub, Pornhub, uh, making it unlimited. Everyone's a VIP or something. I haven't explored that yet, but someone told me that. Well, that's great for this, yeah, this period. <laughs> but also, I think people like uh, like Grinder and Grinder's quite expensive. I think for what it is, obviously Grinder. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, um, you're not that expensive, but. I, <laughs> You're but, worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. But I think it is a little bit expensive for what it is. And I, and I think the time now is for those companies and organizations to start making this a little bit free so people can connect a little bit more or certainly lower your prices. Mm. Especially when half of us can't work. So <laughs> and with that in mind, uh listeners, if you could like, share, sure, subscribe and um if you do have enough money that you can do a little subscription to our patreon account please do because it'll just help us cover the cost of the podcast and uh keep us going through this crisis um because tommy who, or would I, be dream, who would be your dream sponsor oh i don't know uh mark suspensers probably mm, <laughs> or scruff or grinder or you know anyone <laughs> anyone could be a sponsor if they want to but um there's a little extra episode on our patreon account at the moment uh that that was a preamble to last week's episode which our patreons can access which is quite fun and um we're if there's more and more patreons uh subscribing even if it's just a pound a month or 50p or whatever um then we're going to do some more extra content for that as well or also you could buy a t-shirt from our merchandise store which is also linked on our website yes which would also help yeah t-shirts sweatshirts mugs phone covers we got the lot it's all waiting there in a warehouse waiting to be shipped i want to go out running for my daily exercise wearing a what that old queen sweatshirt okay i'll get it shipped to you do you think i'm getting the number up they'll definitely put the numbers up yeah <laughs> okay we'll all we'll all get a what that old queen t-shirt or sweatshirt with that tommy i think we've come to the end of our show well i've enjoyed myself most thoroughly me too i loved a little chat about danny larue my favorite yeah. i can't wait to hear what you've got next for us next week yeah i'll have a think yeah i feel like i might go back deeper into history but i wanted to make it a bit more yeah well we've got a lot of scope for this so there's lots of lots of people we can we can tap into um but with that uh we've come to the end of our show so thank you all for listening and sticking with us hopefully you're still enjoying this and uh we're staying with you weekly throughout this crisis and um we will say goodbye for now say goodbye tommy goodbye tommy (laughs) and we will see you hear you whatever you next time on what that old queen you have been listening to what that old queen presented by tom marshman and bernie hodges the show was produced by bernie hodges in january 2020 for hodge podcasting if you would like to discuss sponsoring this podcast or you'd like to be a guest or you just have a question for the old queens, please email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.